Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about Lock and Key on Netflix, as well as the comic book source material by Woo! Joe Hill and yep. Gabriel Rodriguez. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Season 2 of Lock and Key, Episode 4, Forget Me Not. Now, you don't forget to go watch the episode on Netflix oh, because we're going to spoil it there. Oh, right on. here, right now. But brief overview of what happens. Justin, I think before we got on, you called this a little bit of a middling episode. It's sort of a middling episode. But let me just Come say, on, just, before we get you? into that, before don't. we get into that, you say we're going to spoil this episode. I, I prefer to think we're going to celebrate it. Despite its middling nature, we're going to celebrate it. That's right. No celebrates. uh, Wait, celebrating sounds like it died a little bit. We're going to celebrate the life of this episode. Like it died? Any celebrations? (laughs) What do you all think about celebrations? Exclusively go to funerals? Every time I wander into a birthday party, I'm like, whoa. You're going to die someday. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to celebrate using the ghost key. Yes, we're going to celebrate using the ghost key. Now, a bunch of different stuff happened in this episode. The main thing that we're dealing with is the fallout of the previous episode where Duncan got Uncle his memories Dunk. back. However, as we find out this episode, just because he got his memories back doesn't mean he remembers magic. Ugh. So as Bodhi describes it, had partially through the episode, they broke on the dunk, which is very Uncle unfortunate. Dunk. So that's a lot of what they're dealing with here. Also, same thing with Jackie who's slowly losing her memory of magic. Oh, so man. both for Uncle Duncan and Jackie, we're definitely getting ramped up here in terms of the reasons that they need this memory key to get things back. That's what they're starting to head towards. Meanwhile, Gabe and Eden are essentially reassessing at this point, now that they are out of Whispering Iron. How do they create this weird key that they want to create, whatever purpose it has? Uh, and while they're clashing, Scott points out to Kinsey that maybe things are not okay with Gabe and Eden. He thinks potentially it's in a smoochy smooch direction. Instead, it turns out to be in a little bit of a stabby stab direction. Stabby stab. Kinsey doesn't necessarily know that yet. But she starts to become suspicious as well Mm -hmm. of Gabe and Eden and everything that's going on there. And uh, ultimately, uh, yeah, that's sort of where we end up in the episode. You know, Gabe has... Some whispering iron by the end, so presumably we'll see a key sometime soon. Lots of other things go on here. Um, but, yeah, like Justin said, I don't think there's anything wrong with a middling episode. You need no, episodes. That's why! Stop it's in the saying middle. it! Stop it's saying it! It's not a middling episode, all right? With sniveling. The, sniveling episode. That's yeah. what I think. Really. Uh, hey, you certainly need to sound like a middling child right now. Listen, the, the she got her fear back. There was a lot of great things that happened this episode. I'm not going to sit here and let you just... Sounds like you got it. your fear back of us saying the word middling. Yeah. Yep. Pull that right out of the old brain pan. <laughs> I, as I open Pete's head key, ah! Close. 
Well, let's <laughs> talk doing? about some of the plot lines that happen in this episode. Then, Pete, since you're gung ho, you, I believe, thought it was the best episode of the season so far. Opposite of me and Justin, go ahead. What was what made this the best episode ever? First yeah, off, unlock it for us, Pete. Oh, thanks. I would love to. First off, you had the ghost showdown, which I was very excited about. You're seeing the parasite on the back. You're getting a lot of key information here. And the fact that you guys are brushing over this shit like it doesn't matter and it's a middling episode makes me very angry. Here's the thing. Just because it was a middling episode doesn't mean that it's bad. I loved the ghost confrontation. I think we learned a lot that, you know, fuck I'll tell you what, if you think about the middle of things, the middle of the burger is one of the best parts. Oh, it boy. is uh, no celebrated ah, as yeah. the best part. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Mm, I don't like middles. Give me the rest of the burger. Thanks. This mm. this season premiere of Lock and Key was like a real bun of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Some are. I agree with you on the ghost stuff. Uh, I thought this was great, not only because it followed up on that scene from Chamberlain Lock earlier, but we speculated a little bit about that weird shot in the bush with Chamberlain. And it turns out that was Sam Lesser. Uh, And something I like about this as a fan, I thought, oh, that's great. I forgot about that from the last season. Sam was left as a ghost. We know this from the comic books, but I didn't necessarily remember that from the show or think necessarily that's why they had the shot in the bush that it was Sam washing. Um, it's something that pays off for longtime fans, and it's the opposite of what we talked about with the first episode, which was really very welcoming for new fans of the series. Right. But as a longtime fan, I'm cool with it. Well, and a couple things about this. Uh, first off, I love how uh, Gabe shows up and Chamberlain's like, oh, Look who's here, just like waiting yeah, for him yeah, in the graveyard. Like, like, oh, you oh think- what's up, kid? How's your yeah. whispering iron game? Not so hot, huh? Have a little big splode splode because you, you didn't think about what you were doing. And Chamberlain, I love how quickly he's like, you lied to me. He's like, you're damn right I did. Yeah. I lied to you right out of the you gate. You lied to I me first, bro. I saw your shit. And then well, um, I, I did want to ask uh, what you guys thought of the design of the parasite, of the demon that we see there, because... It sort of looks like a slug, a little bit. A giant Jack- leech, asshole. Leech, Come on. Leech, sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Slugs <laughs> and leeches are very different. Leech yeah. guy over here. Uh-oh. The leech protector has logged on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You went to Cornell, he, asshole. You know the difference the, between slugs and I leeches. I understand the leech page. And I think visually it makes sense. The way they're doing the whispering iron makes sense, but the way that they designed this parasite, this demonic parasite here. But at the same time, I was bummed because I missed Gabriel Rodriguez's design of the, uh, I don't even remember, I'm sorry, what they're called necessarily in the comic book, but those creatures in the comic book, they're different than how they treat them as demons in the show. So I'm okay that it's different, but his design is so good. I missed that a little bit. Yeah, the sort of more xenomorphy mm-hmm. uh, type H.R. Uh, Geiger inspired maybe demon. What I like about this is it it matches with it sort of feels like a piece of the whispering iron, like a living yeah. bit of iron um, around there. So I think that's cool. Um, and I really like the way that um, Sam is introduced without any context, reintroduced. And that uh, you, it makes you wonder, like, what have Sam and Chamberlain been doing all that time? They're buddies? Yeah, what do they buddies? talk about? Also, I feel like, like they have very little in common, but but it does feel like Sam Sam seems to be doing good. Like we think Chamberlain Locke is mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. Sam notably not good. 
Yeah. Maybe yeah, they're so. like, Sam's like, I, I like killing people. And Chamberlain's like, I'm dead. They're like, oh, oh that's a common. Whoa, oh, icebreaker. <laughs> I think the, some the trust problem, falls. The yeah. problem that, that happened was that uh, Chamberlain was way too confident in Sam's ability to fly. Uh, Gabe, I'll flew him at the end there. That was heartbreaking to watch. You got to give somebody a Chamberlain, little bit more I'm sorry. of a lead. Pete, I don't mean to interrupt you here, but Chamberlain 100% gave it up at the end yeah. there. Yeah, way like too he was easy. like, oh, I'm shiftily looking to the side. Go, Sam. Go, fly. Yeah. Sam should have just gone. What was gone. he waiting yeah. for? As soon as he start, started Jesus talking Christ. to him. Yeah. Let's be honest. Chamberlain's a bit of a, like, he loves his, he loves the drama. He's he a does. messy bitch, and he's bringing, like, he wants to play it out as a little run and gun, and we get the fun battle. Uh, talk about some great acting from Gabe yeah. uh, with the battle for um, Gabe's body. Yeah, stop great. punching yourself, Gabe. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. And I really like that we leave Sam um, is out, still outside, still a ghost, and very much mad at Gabe Dodge, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even angrier if possible. So Do you think we're going to spot. see at some point during the season a second round ghost down? I hope so. Death. You gotta have a, a second round ghost down after you set up the set it up like that. Come on, you gotta. Well, yeah, and have another race. Let's remember that Gabe walked out with the ghost key here. Right? Yeah, he didn't did. give the key back to Bodie, which I thought was in general, I feel like Gabe is behaving more and more irrationally. Um and this move where he he goes to gets in through Bodie. Bodie knows what he's doing. Later lies to Kinsey, like, oh, I just skipped school. That's such an easy lie for him to get caught in. And especially with the fact that Bodie's gonna be like, Oh, Gabe took the ghost key. Kinsey could get it back. When did he do that? Oh, when he lied to me. Boom. But when he shattered. said he was just sitting at his house alone. In a room Bad line. Up. Yeah, exactly. Good. He lives at school. Yeah. You gotta have a better excuse for not being Does in school when you live at school. I think he lives in the dorm. School is he in the dorm as well? I believe so because at okay. the party that um, uh, beautiful, beautiful Josh threw, oh um, where he stop. like delivered that pizza. That like guy. Pizza I know we're friend. jumping around here a little bit. I that guy is so handsome. I would not mind going to a chowder party with him if you don't. Know oh my yeah, god! Yeah, that's what I'm on. talking about. I chowder. <laughs> Stop it, Welcome to Chowdertown, Josh. Population, <laughs> me and you. <laughs> that was my favorite weird detail of the episode that I don't know if I love or I hate. The fact that he's like, yeah, I'm going to buy vats of chowder <laughs> for uh, well, this the, teen party. The whole thing was weird. That Their whole relationship is very strange. Like that conversation, yeah. he's like, yeah, this is why my wife used to be in charge of my love. Oops. I don't know what I'm saying <laughs> to you. <laughs> And then later, Nina's like, Kinsey, can I talk to you about talking to a man? And it's like, what? Kinsey's bad at that, too. What are you doing? <laughs> and then Kinsey doesn't have time for her mom. The whole thing, I was like, it's so weird. I get it from Nina. I don't have a problem with it from Nina because as far as we know, I believe Nina and Rendell were basically sweethearts forever, right? So they were together forever. They had three kids together. She hasn't dated anybody. She struck up a little bit of flirtation with the detective the last season, uh, Detective Matuku, I think was his name. Yep. And yep. this season she's got Josh, this unbelievably hot guy, and that's got to get you flustered. That's yep. got to get your chowder going, if you know what I mean. Come that's on. what I'm saying. Like, when you have a ticket to the smoke show, you're like, this is nerve-wracking. I'm looking forward to the smoke show. I love smoke shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you get to the smoke show, you're like, oof, there's so much smoke here. Yeah. What is am I talking be... about? <laughs> <laughs> that guy can't even, like, uh, it drives me nuts, uh, this uh, Josh guy. You know, he he looks like he has a hard time putting on shoes. 
It's ridiculous. <laughs> what does that like, mean? He's running he's around. He's too hot pizza. for shoes. He's just like, what do I do with pizza? Put it on the table, asshole. Like it's, uh, he's a little. Well, a little to be fair, this is the first time he's learned about the concept of pizza. Previously, yeah. he thought the main thing that people ate was chowder. And yeah. so this pizza is new to him and waited till he finds out that you could fold it like this. Oh, yeah. Eat it like Eden, which is all in one giant smush oh, bite. Yeah. She mm-hmm. knows how to eat. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing with Josh is he was like, he grew up watching the Teenage Ninja Turtles where they would just go crazy for chowder and they were like, chowder time. And there's like, they love chowder. Um, so, you, you know, it's just a different world. He grew up in a very hot suburb where they had only chowder stuff. Yeah. Oh, my favorite was when you'd see those commercials and the guy would go, chowder, chowder. That was really yeah. fun. Yeah. Oh, you mean Little Caesars uh, chow- chowder, chowder, chowder house? house. <laughs> yes. What a popular chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd usually get the two chowder deal when I was growing up. That was good. We'd finish it off with my family and smell disgustingly like fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Bottomless, bottomless chowder. We could move on, please. I don't think we could ever move on from chowder and Josh, the two hottest things in existence. No. I, I love a chowder. What uh, are you feeling, in all honesty, about Nita and Josh's relationship at this point? I mean, I, Justin, I, I know you said it was weird. You hate it, Pete? I hate it. Yes, absolutely hate, hate it. Because I don't trust Josh at all. Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm starting to trust Josh more for a couple of reasons. Um, one, he has whispering iron, doesn't know what it is, knows it's important, but keeps it in a very obvious box. I mean, make that a necklace. Put it in your hot pocket, your hot jeans pocket uh, or something so you can what? keep your hands on it. Um, because – and, and he's, he talks about the – <laughs> Which big pocket hits, is your hot pocket, pocket <laughs> The tiny what one. What important to you do you store in a hot pocket? I, yeah, I just it, it, the hot pocket's a very tiny pocket in your jeans because there's the regular pockets and there's that extra tiny uh, okay. one. That's the hot pocket. Because That's I store most pocket. of my money in the hot pockets, the food. Yeah. Oh, That's good. That's investing. Mm-hmm. I buy a bunch of pepperoni hot pockets and I put all my money in there and then I scatter it around the house. Same so if he comes over and he eats one, I still got lots of other hot pockets. Um, interesting. Pepperoni hot pocket. I only have chowder hot pockets. What do you, what is what is a pepperoni hot pocket? Yeah. What does that taste like? You um, gotta well, stop taking financial like advice from Jim Gaffigan, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say, you put your money in a popular hot pocket like pepperoni, you're gonna get <laughs> stuff robbed. You gotta yeah. put it in an awful hot pocket like pea or something, a pea pocket. Mm-hmm. I my favorite thing about chatter hot pockets though is the slogan, bring on the hot goosh. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> That's true. That's also a hot a chowder hot pocket. It's like a chowder water balloon. We were getting so many hot chowder water balloon fights when I was a kid. So fun. Dangerous. You don't yeah. want to get tagged. It's like Squid Game. But for, what uh, is happening? <laughs> Did you grow up in one of those places where they had chowder on tap? Like you go to the you go to the playground, you could just stick the balloon right on there and get the chowder, hot chowder in the balloon. I was on the track team, and after a big race, we'd go <laughs> run into the locker room, fill up our our, our uh, Nalgene's with a bunch of chowder and just guzzle it because we were so dehydrated. I was always very jealous of the people on the rich side of town because they had both Manhattan and New England on town. Oh, I know. I'm from the, the, the New England side of the tracks as well. I don't have any of that uptown Manhattan shit. Oh, but I, I dated a girl from the Manhattan chowder side of town. What a romance. Uh, uh, speaking I, I of... Love a, I love a nice Manhattan chowder girl. They smell like tomatoes. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, what uh, a tomato. 
Speaking of Uptown, Tyler, uh, classy move, uh, takes Jackie to Bath. You know, Jane Austen's house. That was nice. Mm-hmm. iTunes comment. Five stars. Talk a lot about chowder. <laughs> Didn't understand the chowder talk on the Lock and Key podcast. They kept bringing it up. The one host seemed mad about it, and he, he would randomly bring up other plot points in the episode to try to uh, derail the chowder conversation. But nope. It only kept going back to chowder. Great chowder uh, cast. Uh, yes, let's talk about Bath. Sorry. Well, though, before we get to Bath, I do want to talk seriously. So I do think Josh is uh, maybe not a villain, but he's um, he seems to have some knowledge that I think the Locke family will need about the history of Key House. Um, I'm so- hoping Gabe kills him. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Very, two very opposite ends of the spectrum. I agree with you, Justin, just in terms of. I, I think it could go either way, honestly, at this point. Like, he could have nefarious means, but he seems way too dorky and oblivious for that. Granted, yeah. we got the same thing from Gabe the last season where he did turn out to be evil. But I, I agree with you. There's certainly something going on with him in terms of the history. We got the colonial soldiers in the Redcoats right at the beginning of the season. Now we have him talking about kind of the same history. I think he said his relative was there back in the day. The right? bad guys. I feel like maybe his relative will be who had the demon mm-hmm. in him is what I my guess is. And we're going to get a fun flashback. I, I keep saying. Yeah, that. I do wonder, though, just because the rules on this show are different. Are we going to get a sort of thing where the demon is passed down through family or something like that? Potentially. Whoa. And I just I don't know. Well, and I do think Josh is playing everything a little, to Pete's point, is a little weird. He is a little out of touch with the modern world. So there may be something to what you're saying, Alex. Um, I also think Nina's hesitant to get in this relationship with Josh because all all of the people she dates die. (laughs) (laughs) So that's uh, stressful as well. Yes. Uh the scene where he's showing everybody around his office, though, was very funny and fun, even though yeah. it was kind of a dumb thing to do, given students probably aren't going to care about this stuff. And it does ultimately tip Gabe off to where the whispering iron is, but very fun anyway. Lights Doug up. Makes yes, Doug happy. Doug loves it. Anything that makes Doug happy makes me happy, honestly. Yeah. Aww. Do you want to talk about Tyler and Jackie, Pete? Yes, please. Thank you. So Tyler is kind of struggling with what to do uh, with Jackie. She is aging and getting uh, uh, more into adulthood, and he's still trying She's to live. decrepit by this point. Go on. And the, the Peter Pan world. And so the, it's a great idea, you know, like uh, for her birthday, which is very sweet what he did for her lockers. Of course, the other people around her locker got to be pissed, but. I think it was super sweet. She really appreciated it. And then, you know, they quickly go to bath, you know, and it's just, it's a nice, it's a nice thing to do. Oh, nothing like a couple's bath. um, I always say (laughs) the, uh, what I like about this is they get, they find out uncle dunk has the anywhere key. They are suddenly like, Whoa, how do you have that? Everyone's a little stressed. Bodie, especially the most responsible member of the lock family. Yeah. Right. Tyler, rather than worrying about the fact that Dodge may be back or never left, which is what's actually happening, immediately is like, I'm going to go do something I want to do. Well, uh, to his credit, he did say, I am very concerned and then walked away for the whole <laughs> evening. Anyway. Yes, sure. That that's covers it. Um, but I do think this is just making uh, t- pushing Tyler closer to the edge and making him more frantic to get this memory key that we've established uh, in this episode through Aaron Voss. I really like how the actress playing Jackie, I 
think her name is Genevieve Kang, but I might have that wrong, is playing this. We talked about this before, but it's a very weird and I think purposely alarming thing to see essentially a teen going through dementia. You know, that's essentially, I think, the way that they're playing it, the way that they're writing it. It's very upsetting to see, particularly when she's in Bath and then suddenly oh, loses all knowledge of magic. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I. It's hard to wrap your head around. I don't know if you guys went through the same thing, but I was certainly watching these scenes, putting myself in her place, and trying to think, what would my reaction be? You know, if that happened, would I freak out? Would I be like, "Whoa, cool! I'm in England," and just kind of roll with it? And ultimately, I think the reaction makes sense for the show, but it's a fascinating thing to think about. While you're watching. Well, and I think basically the way that they're um, depicting it, it feels like when you are using magic, you're in a state of uh, it feels like panic almost. So, like, I don't think she could have relaxed into it. It feels like because they were there and there was no ready made knowledge and they were still sort of using the magic just by being there. She was not going to be out of that state until she was back home. Also, what's interesting about this couple is they're kind of going through a lot of different rom-com scenarios right now. Like, they're doing the 51st Dates, and there was even that mention of, like, hey, I made this video that explains it, but she doesn't want any of that. And now, you know, we're getting the kind of notebook where one of them's memory isn't really going and the other one's trying to hold the the love together. Uh, so no it's spoilers. A lot. I, I haven't seen the notebook yet. Mm, you should mm. see it. Yeah. That, she's playing by memory. Yeah. Nice. Wow. I, oh, I thought you were going to say something else. The, yeah, I think overall this relationship is good. The way they're playing it is good. The way it's playing off Tyler is really good as well. And I think this was a very sweet moment. Tyler and Jackie, to be honest, I don't know if I was totally sold on them in the first season, but I'm pretty sold here. They have really good chemistry. Agreed. It's a good relationship and it's very sad and giving me a lot of anxiety right now. But it's nice to see all that Tyler's doing to try to give her last couple of uh, uh, days or however it's going to long ago. And it's heartbreaking to see her be like, I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, please give me more time. I think Mm -hmm. we can beat this. But it's going to get to this thing of like, if she doesn't want it, like Tyler, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So... uh well, it's why don't we tough. move from one relation to, to another and talk about Gabe and Kinsey. Now, Pete, you're a, a Kinsey shipper. Is it Stop. tough for you Stop to see them fighting like this in this episode? So I'm very excited that, you know, Scott is talking. You know what I mean? Like, people have got to get Kinsey aware of how I, how much of an asshole Gabe is. So, um and the fact that she's got her fear back was huge. And also the fact that Bodie knew how to get your fear back. I'm so telling you. has got to be still and, you know, concentrate and your fear will come to you. I was like, wow, that's deep, Bodie. Bodie gets it. Oh, I mean, I think that's the overarching sort of idea of the whole show is when you're young, that's when you believe in magic and when you can really experience magic. It's in this space when you get older, when you start to be a little more selfish and there's all these different things happening in your life and the magic starts to weaken at the same time it's getting exploited uh, by all these different characters. That's deep, man. You should well, uh, you should uh, raise children because I feel like you could really talk about the aging process really well. Uh, thank cool. you. That's cool. I getting back to something you mentioned earlier, Justin, I think Gabe 
is really not doing himself any favors here. There's that scene where Gabe yeah. is just standing in the middle of the party, staring at Eden. Yeah, that's, come on. Least amount of chill possible. And I understand he's a demon, but like, he's got to know Kinsey is there. And he's got to know Kinsey is going to see him at some point. He clearly doesn't care because he's so frustrated and annoyed at Eden as it is. But at the same time, that's going to potentially be his downfall, if anything. I think so. Yeah, he's um, he cares for Kinsey outside of all of the plotting in a weird way. And he wants to sort of win her in a in a in a way from Scott. I think that's a real rivalry that's happening. And at the same time, he's uh, mad at Eden. He's I think he was thinking about how he could get the demon out of Eden to turn into whispering iron was maybe what he was thinking then. Yeah, and uh, he's just all over the place um, throughout the whole episode right now and i think next episode maybe even we're gonna see it start to really unravel also we got the huge news which i can't believe you guys uh weren't rocked by you know scott didn't get into rochester you know and i want to just say to scott you know if you want to come to the real rochester we're we're more than happy to have you you know come have a garbage plate hang out in the real rochester it's a beautiful area yeah. Now, how do you guys usually bar people from Rochester? Because they didn't really go over that in the show too much. Do you have we like gotta, city walls or something? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's kind of like a big chain link fence type of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, also to get in, you got to eat a whole garbage plate. And if you can't do yeah. that, you can't get in. I applied to the garbage plate program at Rochester and they said um, they couldn't allow me in unless I hit myself in the face with a shovel over a dozen times. Yeah. That so was, I was too smart. You got to be dumbed down a little bit. You got to be committed if you want to get in. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I hope, I hope Scott applies again next year and I hope you can really make it because it'd be really wonderful to see the two of you hanging out together. Mm. Great. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I feel bad that Scott didn't get in, but man, that was like, crazy kind of reveal in this app the way it was not like told Mm -hmm. Kinsey had to kind of find out that was interesting what do you think it's going to mean for their relationship going forward though I'm pulling for Kinsey Scott all day well I guess what I mean is that he didn't get in is that something that's potentially going to weigh on him in a certain way will he I don't know I could see a world where potentially he weirdly blames Kimsey for it in some Ooh, way you know what I mean take it easy on that it's not her fault I'm just saying it could be like he was concentrating too hard on his relationship with Kinsey and so he never made it into the oh Rochester. wow interesting yeah. interesting um I do think well it, it depends on how things go down here with the love triangle because it does feel like Kinsey's mad at Scott in this episode for the way that he acts with her doesn't really trust him because he's talking about a magical reason that she thinks couldn't have happened so, uh, but I think she does when he's, she finds out that he didn't get in, she's upset for him, but also a little happy that he's going to be there. So it's complicated, but I think they're going to come out all right. And it's tough, you know, I mean, you, you, you send out a bunch of applications, you apply for your dream school, but you know, it's, uh, you know, sometimes you got to be able to kind of roll with those nose in life. So it'll be interesting to see how Scott rebounds. You know what I mean? We can't all get into Cornell. That's right. You got to roll with the nose. Like sometimes I end up having to eat like, uh, like a potato soup. Or on like a or some like sort of, some sort of other wet like a bisque goop, yeah, like a like, bisque like or a chowder of some sort. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. I sometimes I don't get my chowder, and I have oh, to okay. settle for a mm. uh, a different, uh, lesser soup of uh, yeah. broth. Well, we don't taste. have chowder, but we do have Pepsi. Is that okay? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll just put it in the microwave uh, <laughs> for 20 minutes. 
Uh, let's talk about Unkadunka because there's some big yeah. stuff that's going down in him with him this episode. Aaron Ashmore is doing a great job here, given the fact that he was not really in the first season. There's a lot of emotional weight and a lot that needs to go on with him. And I'll tell you, in particular, the scene where he's lying on bed on the bed and Bodhi won't go away and is like, when are you coming out? And he's like, please yeah. just let me lie down for like two minutes. As a parent, I felt that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. The kids are just banging on the door like, give me a minute. Uh, but uh, the kind of like thing of him like sitting on his bed and then going and getting those photo albums. And I think, you know, since we're old, we could, should explain like before people would take pictures, you know, on a phone, there was like a thing called a camera. Mm-hmm. And it would just take one picture and then you would put it in an album and save it. That's how much you like that that <laughs> one picture. I'm not so familiar it, as a cool teen myself, but go oh, ahead. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah, let me ask you. So an album is like paper Instagram? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. If you cool. could only, you know, take your favorite 10 photos, you know what I mean? How do people comment on them? <laughs> you would get a pen out and then write on the phone album like, hey, cool pick. Sounds inefficient to me. No, thank you. Thank you so <laughs> much for the offer. <laughs> thank you so no, much. Thank you. Yeah. I'm good. What did you guys think about the Uncle Dunk plot line in this episode and what's going on with him i think it's good i mean it's it's stressful it's, it feels like he's really suffering we see a lot of him truly yeah. suffering this episode can't deal um but i think uh one the, there's we're building toward him uh reliving the moment where he made the key i think that's going to be an important thing especially to sort of bring together a couple of the plot lines gave me gave an eden's plan at the end of the episode is to kidnap kinsey so that she can make a key potentially, but she doesn't know how to do that. I think Uncle Duncan, when his memories are unlocked with the memory key, will know how to do that. Hmm. Also, the uh, you know we Alex mentioned the acting, and yeah, Uncle Dunk is going through a lot, and we kind of had him at the end breaking down and crying. But then at the like last second before we had the fade to black, it was almost like he was okay with where his memories were, or maybe like hmm. he got a kind of memory that kind of made things. Cause there was like a little bit of hope, a little bit of light in his eye just before it kind of cut to black there. So it gave me hope that maybe uncle dunk is going to be okay. And not just kind of like, really, you know, I didn't get that at all. We're talking about, this is the scene at the end where he starts to the picture Bodie as young Rendell. Right. Yep. And, He's at this point. He's already discovered. Or young him? Is it young him? Is it young him? I thought young it was young Red Doll. No, because, it's young him. Oh, it's young him. Yeah. Huh. Throwing throwing yourself out the door. Yeah. I get well, it. that's why he's like, "You're not real," and oh, then throws okay. him out the door. And then both Bodie and him are crying. And then as he's crying, he kind of like looks up last second before it fades to black, and then kind of like, "Oh, maybe hmm. he's he's got something." I think uh, next episode we're going to get a search through Matheson Academy to find the memory key. Um, we get the uh, sort of the scene we haven't scenes we haven't talked about are Aaron Voss uh, and Tyler trying to figure this out, and and Kinsey as well, and they go into her memory, which I thought that was played really well as well, where she's like nervous to have to potentially be trapped back in her own mind again. Uh, but Tyler goes in, or sorry, she goes in and gets the memory. They watch it. And they have a big clue to where the memory key is. Yeah, but that's also huge for Aaron to do. Like the fact that she's willing to kind of go back there. And then there's that moment where it's like, I promise I won't like 
let you be a vegetable in a fucking institution for a bunch of years. I mean, that's a hard promise. Like, you got to feel like, oh, man, this is exactly what I'm going to do after you say that out loud, right? <laughs> wow. Oh, you think Tyler overpromised and yeah, yeah, I was like, dude, what are you saying right now? Don't jinx it. Like, oh, man. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't necessarily see that as a problem. I agree with you both who are saying the same thing twice in a row, that uh, this was a good moment. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, overall, this plot line was really good. I liked Tyler and Aaron teaming up. I like how Aaron has added to the ensemble. I think she's really yes, good. Great. I think the clue that the key is at Matheson Academy is not very helpful because that's a well, huge place. Yeah. It's a I mean, place to start. Uh, they'll figure it out. I've seen television shows before, and I think they'll figure it out. But it's yeah. like the key is somewhere in New York City. Is essentially what they just come said. on, dude. Well, Academy in New York City is not the same size. I I also would say the keys in one of two locations we feature in this show. Yeah. Let's try the other one. <laughs> is sort of what was going on here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that. That'll be a fun um, sort of maybe race around the academy. Try to get this memory key. And uh, to your point, I do really like Aaron on the show. I'm curious if Nina is starting is maybe going to start being like my why do my kids want to spend time with this uh my husband my dead husband's ex mm-hmm. and they don't have time to talk to me so i think that'll be an interesting uh situation well, we got that well, moment yeah halfway exactly. through the episode was this what you're going to bring up pete about yeah. nina confronting aaron you can talk about it well uh, yeah i just think it's like this is uh gonna be and because they almost had a real like hey we're both in love with the same guy let's share some stories moment and then you know it got too emotional from nina and she walked away and then she walked in on kinsey there with her and she was like what's going on and of course kinsey was like blowing her off and and we got to see why kinsey has a problem with her mom in this kind of like scene at the end there because it's Kinsey was like, Mom, I'm having a lot of issues with red flags and like knowing what to listen to and what not. I need some guidance. And she was just like, trust your gut, kid. I'm out. It was like, what the fuck kind of shit is that? You should be like, yeah, if there are red flags, it turns out you're dating a demon. You should kind of get out of that scenario. And of course, she's just I mean, as parents yourself, you had to be upset about that moment. Uh, no, I don't see any red flags with Josh. I just see like very hot sexual flags. Right. She wasn't like talking about Josh. Flags. She was talking about Gabe, asshole. She was talking about Gabe. Oh, he seems oh, like sorry. a nice boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> What's one red horrible, flag with Gabe? Yeah, name one. Just try to name one red flag <laughs> without Gabe. I'd like to see it. Oh, my God. That, uh, that, uh, I, was, I was a little disappointed. I was like, Nina, you get deserve the cold shoulder after that fucking advice bomb that you give. Wow. She is trying so hard. And as in terms of dramatic arc, I appreciated, you know, we're four episodes of the season, so there's not a lot, but I appreciated actually seeing a little bit more of that because it's kind of felt like I talked about this a couple of episodes back. It is weird as a comic book reader from the first season of the show to see Nina be happy and settled. And that's what she's been in the first three episodes. And not that I want to see characters suffer, but seeing her be in a place where she's uncomfortable, doesn't know what she's doing and losing control of her family. I was like, there's Nina. That's that's the Nina. Here we go. That's awful. So I felt good about that. What other moments did you want to call out? If anything from the episode? Oh man. 
Uh, I think we covered all of them that I had. I really liked, um, despite the fact that this was sort of an episode advancing a number of plots at the same time, uh, and it feels like we're sort of in the middle of it. um, I liked a lot of the stuff that happened, and I just think this show is great this season. Yeah. Pete, what about you? Yeah, I just think that the, uh, you know, the Jackie-Tyler relationship, it was such an interesting conversation about, uh, uh, you know, the back and forth of, like, what somebody's ready for and what somebody, like, believes in was really interesting. And uh, I just, I love the complexity of their relationship. Um, So I, I just think it's really enjoyable, and they're making a lot of smart choices with it. I agree. And why don't we move it over to our next section and determine the key moment of the episode? Justin, you want to go first? What was your key moment of the episode? I mean, there's a there's a lot of little little things happening here that I think will be important later. Well, I want to give it up for Chamberlain Locke and Sam. I think that's going to be a fun moment to bring back at the perhaps end of this season that'll have big implications, potentially um, getting into um, an episode that we really enjoyed i think in the comic or the an issue of the comic really enjoyed that may become an episode uh where bodhi becomes uh a different uh, becomes an animal for a brief time Ooh, yeah the calvin and Hobbes uh issue yeah i'm i'm gonna give it up for aaron finding out about the memory key uh i think just in terms of moments that's the th- that's the big takeaway from the episode right like that's yeah. tyler's plot line right now certainly that's the big thing with duncan as well it's not necessarily what's going on with Aaron, uh, Eden and Gabe, but in terms of two thirds of the major plot lines out of this episode, the memory key is where it's at. So that certainly points to where things are going forward. And like you said, maybe we get some sort of chase around Matheson Academy as the good guys and the bad guys both try to track down this key. Pete, what about you? Key moment. I got to give it up for the Uncle Dunk moment where he's kind of walking around in a little bit of a fever dream and goes to the workshop. And we also got we saw the whispering iron. So I feel like the kind of clues dropping that uh, Dunk is going to be the uh, key maker um, uh, moving forward is is uh, is important. So I thought that was the key moment. All right, there we go. If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Lock and Key. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show uh, at Lock and Key Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast, and many more. Until next time, keep it locked right here. A chowder balloon fight. <laughs> 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 Hot.